If you've experienced the cycle of toxic relationships and you're sick and tired of feeling stuck, sad, and lonely, now is the time to heal and create your best life. In this podcast, you'll hear world-class toxic relationship recovery expert Stephanie McPhail sharing the support, guidance, and tools you need so you can be truly happy whether you're single or in a relationship. She is the real deal. I should know, she's my wife. Here's your host, Stephanie. Hello and welcome to another episode of Toxic Love Transformation. I am your host, Stephanie McPhail. And before we jump into our amazing guest today, I just want to remind you that if you have not yet gone over to our podcast and subscribed to our channel and written a review, you're definitely missing out because we're going to be choosing a one person from a drawing uh, to be chosen for a transformational VIP day with David and myself. So definitely go over there, give a like, subscribe, give a review, and let us know what you think about this podcast or this episode and the other ones that we have done so far. So without further ado, I'm really excited to introduce Jamie Lima. Uh, we're going to be talking about finances before getting a divorce and, and probably after as well. But this is going to be a really important session. So make sure you're taking notes. And if you have any questions, we do have an area for you to ask questions as well. So welcome, Jamie. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay. So you do, you're a financial guy. What got you interested in helping people with divorces? Yeah. Well, I mean, I went through a pretty challenging divorce myself back in 2017. I, I but I really feel like it started way back when right? so if we go back in the time machine so to speak i really feel like my 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 based around my first experiences of it you know i was seven or eight years old when my parents got there ended up going through a divorce themselves and it was um you know a very challenging time for them if you if you i've told the story a thousand times you know to, to friends and family and other clients but I'll, I'll share it with your listeners too i mean there was a point in time when, when even being that young i, I recognized that like, wow, this is, this is really tough for both my mother and my father because my dad was working multiple jobs at the time. My mother was working multiple jobs. And even then, we still had family and friends bringing us food to keep in our, put in our pantry mm. because it, we, it was just very, very tight. And, and you know, they, were, they weren't educated. They got married very young. So very, very challenging for them. And I, I remember even being that young, I was like, I, I want to make sure that if I'm ever a dad someday, you know, my kids never have to go through the same experience. And that was pretty powerful for me, even at, even at such a young age. And, you know, you fast forward a few years, then I learned, you know, I, I had always had a passion for learning about investments and business and things of that nature. And maybe, maybe you gravitate towards those things when you don't have them in your life. Right. And, and I'm sure people can, uh, I can agree with that in some respect, but I, I yeah, I, I started my, my finance career in like 2005 ish or so as just a financial planner, just learning the ropes. And in 2017, I went through my, my own divorce after being in the business for about 10 or 12 years. And even during, even having 10 or 12 years worth of experience at that point, I still made financial mistakes in my own divorce. So I, I just have a passion for doing this work and helping people try not to step on the same landmines that I did. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they don't teach you this stuff in school, right? They don't teach you about investing and saving for retirement and all those things. And they certainly don't teach you how to, about how to figure it all out when you're going through a divorce. So that's where, how, what really propelled me into doing, doing this type of work. Do you think, so I just had a conversation with a client yesterday who's going through a divorce. She's the breadwinner and her husband mm -hmm. was basically living large off of her being the breadwinner to say the least. And, you know, what do you think, why do you think there's such a big 
like argument over finances. Like there's, it's emotional. It's like all these different aspects when it comes to finances. What do you think is that charged issue with finances and divorce? I think there's a lot to unpack there really. But when you were saying that the, the one thing that, and I felt this in my own divorce, it was, are you ever going to pull your own weight? That can, that can be, that can have some emotional, uh, an emotional impact on, on, you know, the relationship. And then ultimately in many ways, end up in divorce a lot of a lot of the scenarios that i'm working through the cases that i'm working on now you know my own divorce were all based on you know one person being the breadwinner and another person kind of along for the ride and whether that's you know in, the, in your case it was the husband and in, in a lot of the cases that we're working on it's it's the it's the the wife i don't really think it matters who who's doing it but that tends to be that's i think that's where a lot of the the aggravate, the frustration, the the animosity, so to speak, comes from, at least in my experience. I don't know. I'm sure you deal with it too on, on your side of the equation, but I, 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 that was the first thing I thought of when you asked that question. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think that finances in general are a, a point of frustration for a lot of people, and I think that when you know, I I was brought up with finances being. My dad was a big saver and he taught me from a very young age to save my money and to not spend it, you know, to make sure I was dealing with retirement and all those things really teaching me to be self-sufficient. And my first husband was like, spend, spend, spend. Let's go out to the fanciest dinners every weekend. And I was like, where are we getting this money from? And then, you know, it would just be this back and forth. And then what started to happen for me is that I started to, to try to deal with that because I get so anxious, I stopped looking at the finances at all. I'm like, mm -hmm. let me, I'm just not gonna look at it. And then we'd have, you know, things would, checks would bounce, things would, because it was, and there, because there was such a difference. I mean, I had, I'd always been a saver and I had someone who was a spender and that can cause a lot of friction and in and of itself, I think. Absolutely, and it'll just snow, snowball out of control. The next thing you know, you're in divorce court. Mm -hmm. You know, so I so I think the the lesson there really is whether you're male or female, or whether you're in a same sex relationship or you know traditional relationship or whatever. I don't think it really matters. I think everybody has to participate in some form or fashion. And and I've I've said this even before I started doing a lot of the divorce financial planning work when I was working for big name companies and doing traditional financial planning. Most of the times you're like, okay, well it's time for our quarterly review or annual review, whatever it is, and then one person shows up to the meeting. And it's, the, you know, whether it's the, the husband as a decision maker or the wife or the wife as the decision maker. And if you have one person steering the ship, nine times out of 10, what you experienced and what you went, what you did yourself happens. You have one person controlling everything and another person burying their head in the sand. And then when the stuff hits the fan, it, it, it just creates a tornado of, of, of challenges. So I would encourage anyone who's listening to this conversation today, if you're not participating in those conversations, you should be there because you are doing your family and yourself a disservice. hundred percent. And God forbid, it's not even a divorce. Someone passes away. If you've got the main person who's in charge of all the finances, something happens, you don't even know how to log into your bank account sometimes. Like that's a mess. We could do a whole podcast on my experiences in that realm. That's why estate planning is one of the things that I talk about with everyone. And we work with some pretty young people, e even on my financial planning practice, mm -hmm. you know, 25, 26 year olds, you know, newly, newlyweds, whatever. And one of the very first things we'll do is walk them through their first estate plan, because that happens all the time.
Yeah. Yeah. You, you really never know. What would be some tips that you might have? Like, you know, a lot of our people, obviously they're either have already been through divorce or maybe they're thinking about it. What might be some tips that you can give them maybe in the pre-divorce phase and then maybe in the after divorce phase? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think it's, we, we talked a little bit about it is, is being a, an active participant is can go a long way in helping you understand where all the financial stuff is. We have a lot of cases right now that we're working on where it's, we're gathering the information, but it's coming in, in in bits and pieces and they're finding accounts as they go or we're un uncovering accounts that they didn't even know exists. That that stuff can't happen. There's there's really no reason for it. In today's world where technology is a blessing and a curse, but you know, in this in this space, you could go to, you know, Rocket Money or you know, any of the aggregators that are out there and link all of your accounts and see everything all on one page, and you can do it in like 15 minutes. There's really no excuse for it. And I, I, I think the one thing that has been is really taboo, and we need to stop with the stigma around it, are prenuptial agreements. Mm. You are going into, if, if you take the emotion out of it, let's just take the emotion out of it for a second. That's you hard are going sometimes. into it. Hard it is totally hard. So that's your job. It's not my job. I don't, <laughs> you, you handle the emotional piece of it. I'm going to handle the finance, financial aspect of it. it. But if we can't pluck out just for a minute that emotional aspect of it, this is a business transaction between two, two individuals who are separate entities that are merging themselves together as one, right? You have to go down to the county recorder's office or you have to go somewhere else to get a license to be able to do this. Then you go through the exercise of, going, of actually getting married either at the courthouse or in front of family and friends or whatever, and you have witnesses to this. It is a business transaction, right? And... If we, if we can just get that the stigma of, of the prenup out of the equation and recognize that this is just one more layer to it, and it's our insurance policy to protect ourselves should something happen. Mm -hmm. I have homeowner's insurance. I have umbrella insurance. I have life insurance. We have E&O insurance. All the insurances in the world, nobody thinks anything of it. Maybe we just need to call it marriage insurance. And then, and then people would change their mind about it. I, I don't know. There's just such, there's such a negative statement connotation with, when you say prenup. It's just it's it, it's it's unnecessary, and it can save people so many headaches along the way. You know, we have all these other insurances for the the thing that probably will never happen, but we have it just in case. Why is it so Why is it so weird about having a prenup? Well, and I mean, I think because people go in and like one of the dumbest times of your life actually is when you're in love. <laughs> You're in the beginnings of love your brain the chemicals are actually firing all over the place it actually lowers our iq points which is you know we don't want to feel that way but that actually is is science so i don't think we're thinking that i think we're thinking like oh it's going to be happily ever after mm -hmm. however i will say that for so i had a long-term relationship where i lost a whole bunch of money he was the first really abusive relationship i was in so then when i got married to my first husband i said to him i'd like to get a prenup but that was one of the conversations that i had because i'd already lost money we got into such a fight mm. that he like barely talked to me for weeks. Like when he did, he was yelling, screaming, cursing, like losing his temper. Then, you know, weeks fighting with me, like not talking, which was sometimes worse than even the, the fighting. And then finally I was like, okay, fine. You know, I'm not going to ask for a prenup. And really, I mean, that should have been a giant red flag because then, of course, at the end, I mean, luckily I still spent a lot of money, lost a lot of money on that, but I could have been worse. So I guess in that sense, it really could have been worse. But that argument should have been a warning that if we can't talk about finances before we get married, 
how are things going to be after we get married? You're absolutely correct. Absolutely correct. And I mean, there's, and we could, again, spend a whole podcast on things you should be doing during the divorce, uh, during, during the marriage. And, and, you know, if you decide to get a divorce, there's, there's a, there's a lot to unpack there, but I, I really feel like it stems from preparing for the worst and hoping for the best. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that happened to you. I mean, that that's, that you're, you're right. It's a little bit of a red flag, right? Yeah. And so for anyone who's listening, you know, and again, I think like a lot of our women are the ones who are breadwinners, like they're doing really well for themselves financially. And I think they're afraid to, to bring it up sometimes, even though you're strong, independent women, and there's still something about opening up that conversation about finances that still it's, it's a little, it's an uncomfortable conversation and we've got to make it less uncomfortable because this is how the world is We're, the world is run by finances. Like you said, there's the emotion part that's, you know, all the love and whatever, and then there's finances and they don't have to be overlapping. I mean, they're going to, but we have to think really strategically and we have to think level-headedly when we're talking about finances. Absolutely. And you asked about things that can be done during the divorce, uh, during the, during the marriage. I mean, the, if you're not, if, if you can't bring yourself to have that conversation, you don't feel like it's appropriate at that time. There's nothing wrong with having your money, his money, and our money, mm-hmm. and creating lines in the sand of who's who has what, and to be able to protect yourself that way. Mm-hmm. When you start throwing everything into the into the kitty, so to speak, and then you're taking all this money out to pay bills and go on vacations and everything else, that's where it can get complicated when you get into you know court proceedings and such. But if you have that, you know, this is my money. This is what I'm bringing into the marriage. This is where my paychecks are going to go or what have you. And then same thing on the other side, it can be a little bit easier to navigate. It's not perfect, but it's a little bit easier to navigate than not having anything at all in place. So what would you recommend someone's end their, their divorce is finalized. They're having their divorce party. The next thought they're having is what should I do with finances? What are some, some suggestions you get, you should give them? I think, and I'm biased, but I really, I really believe in the power of financial planning. And I've been doing this work for almost 20 years now, and I've seen so many people come out on the other side with successful retirement plans in place and putting kids through college, being able to achieve the goals and objectives that they have for themselves, you know, whether it's vacationing and so on. And I really feel like if you're not going to take that, you you are now Day, day one of your newfound life as a single person, you need to put a plan in place then to figure out what the next 5, 10, 20, 30 years of your life are going to look like. And we as financial professionals, whether it doesn't have to be me, there's a thousand certified financial planners that are out there that are really good at their at, at doing their jobs, sit with somebody and hash it out. And if nothing else, just make sure that you're on the right trajectory moving forward. Because that's what the planning part of that that's where the, the plan comes in, right? We we take all the information we can gather from you, mm-hmm. look around, you know, around all your goals and objectives and your financial standing and so on, and we'll help you create a pro, uh, plan projections to show you, okay, like five years from now, this is where we think you're going to be. Is that good enough? Do we need to make adjustments now to put you in a better spot moving forward? And you can have those conversations, uh, be, be active in those conversations to, to put yourself on a nice firm pathway moving forward. That's, that's what I, if I wasn't in this line of work, that's exactly what I'd be doing. If my sister asked me that question, that's exactly what I would tell her. So what, like, what is there a, are there certain things that people should be looking for in particular? You know, like I know with my financial planner, he, you know, he pushed us to like do the, I mean, 
we haven't done it yet, but looking at whole life insurance, looking at, I mean, regular life insurance. I mean, there's all these different things. And again, you don't want to think about those things because you're hoping that everything's fine. But but just having that ability to have the tax-free benefits of some of those insurance programs that are out there. Is there anything you'd say, like, definitely steer away from this stuff and maybe steer more towards this direction? Steer away from the TikTok advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of TikTok advice out there that is just absolute garbage. You know, like even there there even some of these insurance salesmen that are out there, insurance saleswomen that are out there selling some of this stuff. I mean, you have to look at what's under the hood, right? Why is this person? You know, you, and I would be asking the questions: Why are they? Why are they presenting this solution to me? Mm. Right. As as a CFP, as a certified financial planner, there's a particular process we take people to to uncover the goals and objectives that they have and work with them to build out that plan and then match solutions to the goals and objectives that they have. If they want to protect their family, do we need to go out and get them life insurance? If they want to have, you know, maybe that's not, maybe they don't have beneficiaries that they're worried about. Maybe the kids are grown and they don't really care about leaving them a legacy. Probably something that they don't need. So we need to work through those things. And, you know, the, the, the first thing I thought of when you said, well, you know, our financial planners talking about whole life insurance, my thought was like, what's the commission on it? You know, what is what is in it for them? Those are the questions that they people need to be asking. And a lot, 99% of the clients we work with are women. And it sounds like that's the same exact situation for you. You are easy prey to some of these people that are out there. So you have got to keep your guard up. Mm. Right. And that's why like we are my, my wealth management company, we are considered a we're a fee only wealth management company for a reason. We don't deal with commissions. We don't get kickbacks. We don't have sales quotas. We don't deal with any of that stuff. Clients just pay us a fee for the advice that we give them. And then we move on. Mm. If they need insurance, I'll help them go out and get it. But that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that, you know, we're going to sell it to them to get the, the commission. Right. So you've got to be really under understand what's out there. So you, and you've got to steer clear away from the, the water cooler advice, because it's not always appropriate. So it sounds like, you know, and, and this is interesting because obviously even for myself where, you know, some people are like, I'll just figure it out on my own. And I'm always like, yeah, but you need an expert in the field that you're looking to get answers for. So like, for me, you want to not repeat patterns in, you know, new relationships, you know, let's talk. If you want to do financial stuff, don't talk to me because I have no idea. <laughs> you know, like, I think so, you know, talk to someone like Jamie who knows what they're talking about and feels like, because like, until you just said right now, I didn't even realize that there was a possibility. I thought all, all financial planners were basically, well, free, we'll say, and then they get the kickback on whatever it is that they're, that they're recommending to you. I didn't even realize there was a fee-based financial planners. And that's, I mean, and that's what it is. People don't know these things. So you got to find someone that you trust, find someone who's maybe been where you're at and then get the right information because every single person is going to need different uh, strategies moving forward. Maybe they ended the relationship a lot less financially secure than when they went, you know, they started the relationship. So there's going to be certain things that go on there. Maybe they left and things are going really well. They want to make sure they protect their assets. So yeah, talk to someone like Jamie who knows what they're talking about and can tell you how to navigate that in a professional way, not just someone you you're, you know you meet on the street. Yeah, and there's a, and there's nothing wrong with you know people that are out there that get commissions for product sales that they that it's it's up to you as the client to figure out what's going to work best for you. Mm -hmm. If you want to go buy a life insurance policy and give your insurance guy guy or gal a sixty thousand dollar commission and you're like oh, that's that's fine, that's that's your call. 
If you want to come to a firm like ours and you pay us, you know, $4,000 a year, $5,000 a year to build out a financial plan and do investments for you and all this other stuff, that's up to you too. It's, it's, it's not really, there's no right answer to this. It's what makes most sense for you and your family and is going to feel good, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. Makes sense. So we're, we're, we're wrapping up. What are, what is something that you'd maybe would like to leave the audience with maybe something you haven't shared yet or something that you learned along the way of your journey of, of going through all of this, something to leave the audience with. I would say if you're, if you're considering divorce, if it's on the table, you know, we're recording this on, you know, February 14th, Valentine's day. So it's, it's uh, kind of an interesting conversation to have on Valentine's day, but um, you know, tis the season for divorces. And so, so what I'm seeing now a lot is you, you need to create team you as you go into this. There's something to be said, and this was the mistake that I made in my own divorce. So I'll share this with you. I decided I wanted a divorce in late 2016-ish, dropped the D word sometime around the beginning of 2017. And, and the first thing I did was make a phone call to an attorney because I figured they, I'm like, oh, who, they're the experts. They're going to help me navigate this. And $60,000 later, Ooh. I was divorced. Not and 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 what I will what I what I'm learning is is that it doesn't always take some 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 relationships you, you need an attorney. There's that's just the fact. There's there you know the other opposing opposing person is going to you know they may dig their heels in, be very challenging, and so on. And you need the legal aspect of things to get you through this, which is fine. But there are Steph, there are the people out there like the Stephanies in the world out there. There are divorce coaches that I've met along the way that can help. There are self-help organizations that are out there that you can go. My my now wife, I'm I'm since remarried, amazing woman. Congratulations, she, we, we love thank those you. stories. Thank you. <laughs> thank you, and she and as you can see behind me, like she decorates and everything else because I do not spend as much time as it looks like at Home Goods and what have you <laughs> to decorate this office. So I thank you, Dawn, for doing that. But her, you know, when she was went through her divorce, they spent a thousand dollars and sat together, did the paperwork at a self-help place, filed the documents with the courts. And 30 days later, they were divorced. So it doesn't necessarily, you don't always have to pick up the phone and call an attorney. Creating Team U, whoever that is for you, whether it's a certified divorce financial analyst, analyst like myself to help on the financial side of things, a good divorce coach, the Stephanie's of the world and so on, figure out who that's going to be for you and get it together first. I think you're going to be in a much better spot. And, and you need it because you, you need to have the financial aspect of things dialed in, certainly the legal aspect but also the emotional. And that was a missing key for me, a key for me during my divorce. And had I thought about it this way, I think I would have, I would have, it would have been easier to manage emotionally uh, for me going through my own divorce. I love that. And we're huge on teams. That's actually one of the steps in our process of mm -hmm. healing and really recovering from toxic relationships is creating that team because there's so many parts that we need that support. And again, the expertise, the friendships, the emotional, like all these yeah. different aspects that we need that we don't even realize that we need until we start going through some major shifts in our lives. And then we're like, oh, I need some people on my, on my team. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you know, again, anyone, oh, before we go, how can people find you? That's an important piece. Easiest way is just through the website. So my, my cell phone is actually on the website. So people can call me or text me there. I think you're probably going to put up a link to the site, but it's allegiantds.com, Allegiant Divorce Solutions. AllegiantDS.com. My, my calendar's on there. If people want to set a complimentary, you know, meeting, we'll talk it through. 
figure out how, you know, where we can best help you. I, I tell people all the time, like, call me first. Cause I, I feel like I'm a pretty, pretty open and honest guy. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not here to take anybody's money. Like I'm not, that's just not me as a person. And I'll help triage you and figure out like, okay, maybe this is, you know, you should probably call the attorney. I had that conversation yesterday. I'm like, this is, this is definitely an attorney situation. Call me when you get it figured out. Mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't always have to be that way. And I can, I can spend some time with, with you and, and help you figure out what your next best steps are before you, you make too many financial commitments to other people. Awesome. Thank you so much. So give Jamie a call. If you need any help, financial advice before, after, during, wherever point you're at, definitely important to get somebody on your side, on your team who knows what they're doing, who is trustworthy and who's been where you are at. So as always, thank you everybody for tuning in. Always love hanging out with you and never forget you are way stronger than you realize. See you next episode. Bye everybody. So that's it for today's episode of Toxic Love Podcast. Head on over to iTunes or wherever you subscribe to your shows. One lucky listener every single week who subscribes and posts a review on iTunes will be entered for a chance to win the grand prize VIP drawing with Stephanie McPhail herself. Be sure to head on over to ToxicLovePodcast.com and pick up a free copy of Stephanie's gift. And join us next time. <laughs>